0: If you were to ask a random person, why do you exist? Or what is your purpose? You might hear some pretty good answers. To try and make the world a better place.
1: I was born to shop. I think I really want to serve others in my life.
0: Trent Griffiths says your reason for existing includes something even more all-encompassing.
1: Glory is a Christian's ultimate answer to the question, why? If I ask you, why did you get up in the morning? This answer always works, for the glory of God. Why did you go to work today? Answer, for the glory of God. Why did you go to school today, teenager? For the glory of God. Why does this church exist? Why do we go on missions? For the glory of
0: God. Welcome to Resonate with Trent Griffith, Senior Pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel in Granger, Indiana. I'm Aaron Paulus. So today, Pastor Trent is going to help us take a closer look at this concept of God's glory, what it is and what it has to do with us. And just a quick reminder, if you wanna go back and listen to past Resonate programs, an easy way to do that is to just head to our website, harvestgranger.org resonate. All 150 of the past episodes are there for your enjoyment and edification. Well, Harvest is what we like to call a vertical church. By that, we mean that everything we do is first and foremost vertically oriented. God is our highest priority and most important relationship. Well, later in the program, I'll tell you how you can visit our church for a service. Now, if you're somewhere near a Bible and you're not driving, you might want to open to the New Testament letter of Romans, chapter 11, as Pastor Trent explains more to us about God and his glory. Here's Pastor Trent.
1: We have been in this series called Made for More, and we've been asking this question, what am I made for? And we've uh, search the scripture for that answer. There's actually a book in the Old Testament called Ecclesiastes that tells us what we were not made for. And uh, you remember uh, Solomon, who wrote that book, tried everything under the sun to find an answer to that question, couldn't find anything. He just said, It is all vanity, it's all meaningless. That little Hebrew word, hevel. It's just like nothing really satisfies in this world. And so, uh, one of the things that we've been learning is that we were made gather. we were not made for isolation. We were not made uh, for stagnation. We were made to gather. We were made to grow. Last week, we learned that we are not made to sit and get. We were made to go. The Lord wants to send us to get the Great Commission fulfilled in our lifetime. That's our passion around here. That's why we make disciples. And so today, it brings us to this. We were made to glorify. We were made to glorify God. We were made for God. We were not made for ourselves. The mission statement of Harvest Bible Chapel is something that helps us remember that we were made to glorify God. And As a matter of fact, if you go to our webpage, the first thing that pops up and slaps you in the face is our mission statement. We want you to know why we exist. Why does Harvest Bible Chapel exist? Say it with me. Glorifying God and making disciples. The way that we glorify God is making disciples. Making the disciples is not the end. Facilitating making disciples is not the end. Giving and serving and sacrificing and sending and going is not the end. All of those things are the means to the end. The end is the glory of God. And we find that little word glory in this verse that we've chosen as the theme verse for this series. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15 says this, It is all for your sake. And so these were missionaries. These were church planters. The Apostle Paul that's writing this verse, is he's telling us that every hardship, every trial, every snake bite, every shipwreck was all for your sake. And it's worth it. "...so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God." Notice, the people aren't the end. The people are the means to the end. The end is the glory of God. Thanksgiving is not the end. Thanksgiving is the means to the end. The end is the glory of God. So, we talk a lot about glory in church. We've sung about glory we need to answer the question this morning, what is the glory? Now, the word glory is an interesting word. If you do a word study uh, of that word, um, you find it in the Old Testament. It's a, it's a Hebrew word pronounced kabod. Have you experienced the kabod? Every time you come to church, our desire is to encounter the kabod of God. The word means weight. When you encounter the glory of God, you should feel the weight of glory. I gotta tell you, Andrea can tell you, the last 48 hours I have been under the weight because my job this morning is to explain to you as best I can The kabod, something that is absolutely unexplainable. And I have felt the weight. And if I do my job right this morning and you do your job right this morning, you should feel some of the weight of the kabod of God. Maybe even so much that the weight would get so heavy that you couldn't even stand under the weight of the glory, but it would actually bring you to your knees under the heaviness of the glory of God. And so I want you to see that here from uh, this passage of Scripture. We're going to look at a lot of different Scripture this morning, but I wanted to tell you to open your Bibles to Romans chapter 11. And we're going to look at it here in verses 33 through 36. Let me just read it. And this is the Apostle Paul that's feeling the weight of the kabod and he says oh don't miss the o oh of the kabod oh the depth of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of god how unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways for who has known the mind of the lord say nobody, nobody. or who has been his counselor nobody, nobody. Or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? Nobody. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Let's try to answer this question as best we can. What is the glory? What is the kabod? What is this weightiness? Um, at its core, it it means supreme in quality and abundant in quantity. It is far superior to nature. It is far superior to anything physical, anything you could see, hear, touch, smell, or taste. It's to be experienced in supreme perfection. When we talk about the glory of God, we're talking about His absolute moral perfection in all things. Not only is it supreme in quality, it is abundant in quantity. God has so much glory, it's more than I can comprehend. It is more than I can explain. It's more than I can experience in a lifetime. It will take me an eternity with him to enjoy the abundant quantity of God's Kabod, his glory. Let's put it this way. Glory is the manifestation of God's presence. Now, I really try to avoid multisyllabic words in the sermon. But this word manifestation is one we need to know. When we talk about God's presence, we understand that God is everywhere present at the same time. How many of you believe that? God is omnipresent. But He is not everywhere in the same sense. How many of you believe that God is here with us in church as we have His Word open, as we're singing praises to Him? How many of you believe He's here in a way that He's not at the mall right now? Okay? That's the cultivated presence of God. As we give Him glory, do you know what happens? As the glory goes up, what happens? The glory comes down. The manifestation of God's presence is simply this. It's God on display. You see, we know that God is invisible. We can't see God with our visible eyes, but God has graciously made Himself known to us as a loving act. Now, I have three daughters, and um, we've had this conversation about what happens when a boy asks them for their phone number. What the boy wants is a manifestation of the presence of one of my daughters he wants to get to know them and so we have a strategy for that and uh they, i've just told them give them my phone number and um and they will get a manifestation of me in their presence okay that that's the way that works so um, but don't you want to know more of the glory of god Moses was one that really was really one of the first men to get a self-disclosure of the glory of God. At the burning bush it happened, but then later on in the book of, of Exodus in chapter 33, Moses said, show me your glory. I want to know your name. I want to fellowship with you as a friend, face to face with God. Now you will never see God physically with your eyes but God loves to disclose who he is to make himself known the display of God the self-disclosure of God Now, if that all sounds a little spooky and weird to you, um, welcome to Christianity. It's all about being related to this invisible God, even though He exists outside of time and space. He loves me so much. He's manifested. He's made Himself known to those of us who are constrained by time and space. And when He does that, do you know what you experience? You experience just a bit of the weight of the glory of God. And you don't even have to be in church to do that. As a matter of fact, all you have to do is go outside and look up in the sky because Psalm 19 tells us the heavens declare the glory of God. If you didn't have a Bible, if you didn't have a preacher, if you couldn't go to church, you could still experience a touch of the glory of God by simply looking up in the sky and having your mind blown with how small you are in this universe. The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork day to day, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Do you know what's happening? God is shouting to us that he is glorious. And the weight of that fact ought to stop us in our tracks to say, God, I want to know more of your glory. show me your glory. The glory of God is the manifestation of God's presence. James McDonald says it this way. He says, um, "The glory of God is that uh, is what emanates from God." Think of it this way: As wet is to water, as light is to bulb. as heat is to flame. Glory is to God. It's that which can be known of God. It is God on display, the manifestation of God's presence. Now, the manifestation of God's presence is simply God's responsibility. And He loves us so much that in grace, He discloses Himself. The second way we're going to describe glory is this. Glory is the magnification of God's person. If the manifestation of God's presence is God's responsibility, the magnification of God's person is my responsibility. I was made to glorify God. It is my supreme purpose for existence. If glory is the display of God, secondly, it is my delight in God. It's my enjoyment of God. It's not only when the glory comes down, but when the glory comes down and I get a fresh revelation of who God is, then the glory goes up as I magnify the person of God. Now, it's not too much of a stretch for us to think, you know, why why do you exist? I exist to glorify God. That's what it tells us in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 7. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my Glory. Why were you created? It is not to make money. It is not to enjoy marriage. It is not to play football. It's not to consume food. All of those are good, but they're not your ultimate purpose. You get married for the glory of God. You stay married for the glory of God. You raise your children for the glory of God. You don't kill your children for the glory of God. You obey your parents for the glory of God. You play football for the glory of God. You eat Krispy Kreme donuts for the glory of God. It's a weighty experience. But it's not as good as God. I was created for God's glory. Everybody get it? Now, most of us would know that. You'd probably get that on the test. But here's here's the mind-blowing reality that John Piper has reminded all of us pastors and theologians of. Not only do I exist for God's glory. Are you ready for it? You can't even handle this. God exists for God's glory. Somehow in the church, we thought that somehow God exists for me. Well, at least we treat him like that. God, would you make my life easier? God, would you take away cancer? God, would you make my wife nicer? Because I know you're up there. You're all, you're all about me, right? Where did you pick up that in the Bible? Do you know what God is doing all day, every day? He is living for his glory. He is acting for his glory. And he created you for him. He doesn't exist for you. You exist for Him. The reason we know that is just five verses, uh, six chapters later in Isaiah, we read this in Isaiah 48. For my name's sake, not yours, for my name's sake, I defer anger. How many of you are glad that God defers anger? Do you know He doesn't do that for you? He does that for Him so that He would get glory. For my name's sake, I defer anger. For the sake of my praise, I restrain it for you that I may not cut you off. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tried you in the furnace of affliction. For my own sake, for my own sake, I do it. For how should my name be profaned? For my glory, I will not give to another. These verses echo six times that what God does, He does for Himself we should glorify God because that's what God does. God glorifies Himself. Now let me ask you a question. Does that sound a little selfish to you? What if I walked into my home and called a family meeting and said, look, I just want, I want everybody to know that today I'm going to spend my entire day glorifying myself how's that going to go over in the family? Not great. But what if God calls a family meeting and steps in front of us and says, I want you to know that everything I'm going to be doing today, everything that you see happening in your world and in your life, I'm doing it all for my glory. Does that sound selfish to you? What's the difference between God and me? God's glorious, Trent's not. As a matter of fact, it is the most loving thing that God could do to create you for His glory. You know why? Because one of the glorious attributes of God is love. And He created you so that He could display love to you for His glory. He doesn't love you because you're lovable. He loves you because He is gloriously loving And every time he loves a dirty, rotten sinner like you, do you know what he gets? He gets glory. And you know what you get? You get grace. God is so glorious. And he does it all for his own sake. God is a very God-centered God. And it doesn't make him selfish at all because he is supremely glorious. Glory is what inspires praise. Glory is what inspires praise. Now, um, let me ask you this. What is your best thing? Everybody's got a thing that you're best at, okay? Some of you are incredibly intelligent. You got all those little ribbons and extra things on your graduation robe that the rest of us didn't get. And, and you know what happened? You got, you, know, you got to go across the stage, and, and when, you, when those attributes of you were announced, everybody stood back and applauded, some of you are not very smart, but you're, you're a good ball player and you're athletic. And do you know what happens? I mean, they build stadiums for people like you so that the smart people can come and watch you do things they can't do. And what do we do? You do something incredibly athletic and we, we that's incredible. Fantastic. Sometimes we raise our hands. Sometimes we shout and we sing. Looks a lot like worship, doesn't it? You know what's happening? You're inspiring our praise. And we are applauding the best thing about you. Now, some of you are not all that smart and you're not athletic, but you are good looking. <laughs> and you wear it well. And we applaud you and we, we, we make movies with you and, and we put you on magazines and things like that. Some of you are not that smart, not that athletic, and you're not very good looking but you are a great shopper and that's your best thing. I mean, you you do that really well. Some of you watch TV, awesome. You can do that. I mean, so everybody's got something great that somebody steps back and is like, that is just the best part of you. What is that? Do you know what that is in you? That's your glory. And it inspires praise. But people that don't see God is glorious. Do you know what they spend their time doing? They redirect their praise to less glorious things. And they spend hour after hour after hour watching the pretty people in the movies. And they spend hour after hour after hour watching the athletic people play with balls. and God fails to get the glory that is due his name because you are inspired by less glorious things the olympics and espn and stadiums are built for the glory of athletes and movie theaters and netflix and concert halls are built for the glory of artists and musicians Universities and high schools and even elementary schools exist for the glory of education and intelligence. But the glory of God exceeds them all. He brings more of a sense of all than the greatest achievements of man ever portrayed in a concert, a theater, or a stadium. Don't let your heart get trapped by what you think is glorious and miss the glory of God. Let it bring you to your knees, how glorious God is. Glory is a Christian's ultimate answer to the question, why? If I ask you, um, why did you get up in the morning? This answer always works. For the glory of God. Why did you go to work today? Answer? For the glory of God. Why did you go to school today, teenager? Crickets in the teenage section. It's like, I'm not quite sure the school exists. The correct answer is for the glory of God. Why does this church exist? For the glory of God. For the glory of God. That's why we do it. Did you know that one day the whole earth is going to be filled with the knowledge of God. That's what Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14 says. For all the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Again, John Piper says it this way missions exist because worship does not. Just think about that for a second. Do you understand that right now there are places on the earth that have no knowledge of the glory of the Lord? There are places where there is not glory going up to God. That's why missions exist. We have to go tell them how glorious our God is. Missions is not ultimate, Piper says. Worship is. And wherever you find weak worship, you find weak missions, weak giving to missions, weak obedience, weak passion. And so it is all about. The knowledge of the glory of God getting to the ends of the earth so God can get from the people he created there that which he created them for. The glory of God. What is glory? Let's put it this way. Sum it up as simply as I know how to. Glory is the revealed excellence, supremacy, and perfection of God. I don't don't know how to say it any simpler than that. The weight of God's excellence, the weight of God's supremacy in all things, and the weight of God's absolute moral perfection. And the more of the glory of God you see, the more you are changed under the weight of it.
0: Well, I think it's pretty amazing that in a series pointing out that we were made for more, one of the key points is that it's not all about us. It is all about God and His supreme worth. We'll hear the conclusion of that message from Pastor Trent Griffith next week, right here on Resonate. I mentioned at the beginning of today's program that Harvest Bible Chapel strives to be a vertically oriented church. Everything, our worship, our Bible teaching, the children's ministry, the youth group, the college ministry, all of what we do is focused on glorifying God and making disciples. And we do that week in and week out right here in the Michiana area. Our main campus is in Granger, not very far from University Park Mall. We also have a brand new Harvest Bible Chapel that we're planting in Elkhart County. We want to invite you to be a part of an upcoming worship service in either of these locations. To do that, just go to harvestgranger.org and click on Worship with Us. There's helpful information there about service times and locations, as well as other practical things like what to do if you're bringing children. Again, our website is harvestgranger.org. Or find us on Facebook by looking up Harvest Bible Chapel Granger. Well, have you ever wondered how a sinful person can possibly bring glory to God? Pastor Trent will talk about that next week. I hope you can join us then. Well, thanks for listening today. I'm Aaron Paulus, and my prayer is that God's word would resonate in your heart and mind this week. Resonate with Trent Griffith is a radio and podcast ministry of Harvest Bible Chapel Granger harvestgranger.org.